I'm Maddie. And I'm Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men. And we just started a new adaptation of the X-Men. You know what's great? It's not Wolverine and the X-Men anymore. It's not X-Men Apocalypse either. <laughs> we're entering a new zone, and it is the X-Men anime. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures, more than anyone should. From the comic book pages to the time this is easy it's goofy and it's just fun i don't think there's going to be anything like really i, I don't we're not going to be able to dig into it and find some subtext really i don't know i thought it was interesting you know you and todd told me that you guys love the anime and i feel like it's got a lot going on i don't know i i, I mean that's fair that's fair i just don't think it's the same level as like x-men the animated series or evolution I, well okay i guess i hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I agree. Right, well, we, I it's feel too like early it's, uh... to tell. It's too early to tell. But I, I did <laughs> okay. enjoy it. I do enjoy that it has all the normal anime bullshit that I love in anime where it's just like nonsense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's very 2011. I mean, I, I tried to look up like, why did this anime even happen? And there isn't actually a lot of information about that that I could find other than just Marvel wanted an anime. <laughs> like Beyond that, I was well, like, okay, well, fair enough, Marvel. Fair enough. They, uh, but this was this was the rise of uh, Western imports of uh, Japanese animation and Adult Swim airing a lot of anime. This is 2011, by the way, when this show was first airing. Right. Um, and the Wolverine anime also aired in 2011. And concurrently with these two, there was an Iron Man and a Blade anime. Those four were the ones that Marvel commissioned, probably because those were the popular characters of the time, although I wouldn't say Blade is. I thought it was kind of neat that there was a Blade one. I don't think X-Men was either, to be honest, because it was during the... This is during that time that everything was really fucking weird. Well, that's true, but it kind of makes sense because Wolverine and the X-Men was about Wolverine and the Wolverine anime also about Wolverine. I mean, that part makes sense. And then having both a Wolverine show and a larger... X-Men show sort of around the same time period as they were trying to sell the Wolverine Origins movie. I mean, that part of it made sense to me. Plus the fact that as we were talking about when we were watching Wolverine and the X-Men, anime was becoming so much more popular here. So I think they just thought it would be fun and would just be another way to get X-Men to a larger audience. I feel like anime was getting popular like wait, like a decade before that. But it takes forever to animate a show, you know? So they probably commissioned this years before that. Okay, honestly, you're right. Anime isn't to the level that it is now because during this time, it was we had gotten all of our anime kicks like almost strictly through Adult Swim, right? Like there were some other things Correct. like here and there, like you know, Pokemon was on, not on Adult Swim, and, and like Yu Gi Oh or whatever. But yeah, I don't think it was like 
now where there's just so much of it that people are consuming it all the time. Well, and Crunchyroll exists. I mean, streaming exists. It's possible to get anime now that was so difficult to get back in the day. Yeah, it's actually crazy. If I go to Newberry Comics, the manga section is... It's huge, I'm sure. It's a quarter the size of the store, and the comic book section, ironically, is like one shelf. Yeah, I mean, and then, of course, if you factor in digital comics, it's so much easier to read manga now than it ever was when we were younger. That wasn't even an option then. Well, I mean, it was, but you know what I'm saying. It It was very different. Right. I've been talking to friends recently... About, like, a lot of the old animes that I loved. Because I watched a ton of anime growing up, but it was, like, the old shit that was kind of, like, dark and fucked up. And Slayers. Yeah, we talk about Slayers a lot on this show. Yeah, and it's, like, I haven't seen a lot of the new stuff, so now I'm trying to dip my toes back into it. Because I think for a while there, I felt things were kind of too cutesy for me. And I was like, what's happening? Well, I think there was always darker anime, but the problem was... And I think the listeners have kind of picked up on this. Like, Ryan and I went to conventions during the era that... A lot of times I'll see younger people describe as like the golden era of cons, which is always funny to me because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm old. <laughs> where it's like the 2000s and 2010s where going to cons was like the only way that you could get really obscure anime and manga. Yeah. And that was also the time period when a lot of people in America who were our age or like a little younger than we were. We're like really into some corny ass anime. Like Oran Host Club. There's a lot of Oran Host Club and Hitalia and like Black Butler. Is that the name of that show? Oh my God. I forgot about that show. Anime of a certain tone was very popular. A lot of sex farce anime was very popular, which is fine. I actually think sex farce anime can be very funny. I, I feel like that's always been around. Of course, I don't think that's like. But it wasn't like every single anime that was coming out was on the level of like Evangelion or Cowboy Bebop. It was more like goofy shit and and that's fine i to clarify i like that stuff too but like that was just an era when the most corny possible goofy anime was popular so i I remember you being like maybe i just don't like anime i I was like i'm pretty sure that's not the case ryan i was (laughs) it's like i think just what was coming out for a while i wasn't that interested in but right now there's a lot of cool shit i started watching jujitsu kaisen for example great show yeah and i would think chainsaw man would be your thing also by the way oh yeah Totally, totally. Anything, anything's like kind of fucked up. (laughs) I feel like, I mean, now I'm going to contradict myself because this anime also came out in 2011, which I would say is that same time period that we're talking about. I didn't watch this when it came out, but you probably did, right? Yeah, but to to, to your point, I mean, it was during that era where anime was starting to get like more popular to the general public. Mm-hmm. Going back to what I said earlier, the only public access was on like Cartoon Network and then a couple other things here and there. Yeah, it was pretty much Cartoon Network and Adult Swim, and that's about it. Yeah, we had to, everything we watched, we literally had to access by going to a video store like and buying a tape. Or a convention and buying, buying stuff that VHS was hundreds tape. of dollars. Right. I would be like, okay, I need to watch like i think the only reason i saw all of trigun is is because i bought all eight vhs tapes which were twenty dollars each because that's how you had to consume it you had to pay twenty dollars to see four episodes of an anime which i remember you later were like i don't even like it that much but i I feel like at the sunk cost fallacy kicked in where you're like well i paid twenty dollars for every single one of these vhs's i guess i do like trigun yeah (laughs) i mean i there are parts of trigun that i really like but I think what soured me, and this also happens a lot with comic books, is that I read the manga, like the manga. Yeah. Eventually, I picked, and I was like, "Wow, this is like way better than whatever the fuck they actually <laughs> made." And that this happens a lot also with anime, where it does. they it does. they decide they're going to produce an anime based off a popular manga, and 
it will be like the first half of the story or something will be the same and then they'll catch up to the manga and they're like well we gotta keep the show going and then it just becomes oh. something else entirely from whatever yeah. the original writer was which of course the original full metal alchemist is perhaps the most famous example of this and the absurdity of that original ending is uh it's wild. It's, I know. But to the to the extent that they went back and redid it later and were like, eh, let's kind of fix this. I think the reason why we like, I really liked Slayers is that it was written by that one person. Like the manga mm-hmm. and the uh, the visual novels and the TV shows and movies. Like, Or at least she was a producer on it. So she was able to be like, this is what we're going to do. So it all lines up in terms of its own canon. Yeah. But you can't say that for Full Metal Alchemist. That's another one. No. Oh, my God. This is just kind of bringing me back a little bit. So that's the time period this came out in. Though, yeah. Is, is this time period that we're describing. So did you watch this at the time? Yeah, but I had to buy it on DVD. Oof. Because it was wow. not anywhere you could watch online. Of course. Of course it yeah. wasn't. And I think my ex bought it. And like my experience with this was it being shown to me in like still images like it was like a joke and i feel like you probably showed me like look how crazy the beast design looks in the accident anyway yeah. you know what i mean like and it's that's about it that was that's all i'd ever known about it and it was very fun to finally watch it yeah i don't know it's fun to watch this because i can again watch all the anime bullshit that we'll talk about as we go through the episode like for example maddie sends me a message <laughs> and she's like it wouldn't be an anime if there wasn't a picture of all the characters standing in front of the moon <laughs> <laughs> And yep. I was like, yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of why this is kind of a funny watch because it's like anime, but it's for a Western audience, if that makes sense. Like, uh, it's like as though. I don't know about I don't, that. I don't know. I mean, it is and it's not because they have armor being a main character. So they're like, okay, cool. Let's like have this Japanese character be a part of this, which ordinarily she's not. She hasn't been in any previous adaptation that we've watched. So it's kind of cool to see that. And the, the X-Men are about to go to Japan. Yeah, I was going to say, they so get right out of New York cool. City like ASAP and go to Japan because... Yeah, they're like, let's go to Japan. But the other piece of that is that it's like, well, these are almost entirely American characters. Yeah. So like a Western audience can watch this and be like, oh, sweet, like a Japanese animation team and creative team worked on this show, but it's about American characters I recognize. So it's kind of like a show that is bridging that gap between Western people who are really fucking obsessed with anime and also Japanese people who are like, I don't know, I guess I'll check out the X-Men. Like that's sort of an interesting place for the show to be in, you know? Yeah, I agree. The animation of the show is also really good, by the way. Like I, It's fun. It's very fun to watch something yeah. that looks like this. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I thought it looked good. I felt like it was smooth. You know, it had a yep. higher production value than a Gene lot of other stuff. Turning into the Phoenix was fucking at the very cool, beginning of this right? looks fucking epic. It's so, so sick. So <laughs> like, I don't it was cool to watch. No, like we're like I can, I'm trying to think of another anime that the that is similar to the style of this because it it's actually not drawing anything similarly to another show that I've watched. You know what I mean? Like I feel like it's still pretty like it still well, has its own Marvel parts mark. Of it that- I, I referred to Death Note when we were watching it, which okay. is also of a similar oh, that's time right, period. Oh, Scott's I, hair. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because Scott has roughly six different hairstyles over the course of this one episode because it's spanning such a huge time period. So he has like his really short hair that makes him look like a, a little baby cop when he's younger and he's like the good boy X-Man. And then he starts growing it out as he's grieving over the course of an entire year, which is insane. And there is a part where his hair looks like light Yagami. And I was like, oh my God, am I watching Death Note right now? <laughs> and there were some other things, there were some other things visually that reminded me of Death Note 
Not in a bad way. I, I think Death Note has some really visually striking imagery and is very fun. You're right. I think you're actually nailing this because this was the same time period, right, as Death yep. Note. So yep. it was really drawing its inspiration from there. And it, it, so it reminded me a little bit of that. There, there was some... I mean, it's kind of funny to refer to Sailor Moon because that's such a corny or more child-friendly show, but there were pieces of it that reminded me a little bit of that in terms of just the animation of like some of Storm's battle moves when she's flying through the air and Jean. But the difference is Storm and Jean have massive titties. (laughs) Huge boobs. Like, whoa. (laughs) There were some shots where the camera was like directly overhead of Storm and I was like, damn, those are her boobs. Hello. (laughs) And that part reminds me a little bit of the cowboy bebop animation style yeah, right? where it's like everybody's super tall and lanky and Faye just has gazongas like you know whoa. you know what i mean so like oh, that's God. a certain I'm style i'm never gonna let well. go of how people reacted so negatively over the live action show we'll never get that season two and i think such I a large the actress's responses though were so perfect oh, I, I still I, I mean it's almost sad that that show didn't work out because the actors the cast was so good they had a perfect we're cast. kind of obsessed with referring to the live action Cowboy Bebop well I mean did you end up watching it no I didn't I feel like I should because I know you loved it well, so it was I'm like good. you know what I really enjoyed... now that the discourse is over maybe I would enjoy you it probably you probably would it's just that like people were really mad that one they changed so much about it but and then like at the same time they didn't and I'm like it's just like well, a re- telling of this story it had to reach a wider audience like it can't work well yeah i i think people were mad and i'll say i was mad is just the fact that making a live action version of a cartoon is like a weird thing to do like disney keeps doing it now and it's like (laughs) guys why are you doing this like cartoons can be gorgeous and do really specific things that live action can't do so why would you why would you do this? But uh, we're getting off topic instantly. We really don't need to talk about Cowboy we don't, Bebop. We don't. I mean, we can. But I, to my point is that I feel like a lot of people were mad that they weren't getting that overshot of Faye's boobs for the entire fucking TV show. That's what I think. I don't know if that's what they were mad about, but who gives a shit about those people? Also, you can tell I'm gay because you're telling me this. And I'm like, I don't remember seeing Storm's boobs at all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, well they're they're on full display. Her titties were out and Ryan was just Ryan like Ryan was like, I love Storm's makeup. Yeah. Like, great. <laughs> I was actually more impressed that she does like this crazy fucking anime shit and just destroys a fucking boat of pirates, which is great. I loved that. She like shoots lightning out of her eyeballs. I was like, okay, yeah. sure. Fucking Dragon Ball Z over here. I was standing there being like, okay, this version of Storm is so far the most useful one we've seen since X-Men the Animated Series, which I is agree. great. That was one of the main things politically that I noticed. She gets lines like, in this, and I was like, She gets wow. a lot to do. <laughs> I was like, I can't be mad at this show because uh, Jean turns into the Phoenix and then she does die. And then uh, Storm does shit for the entire rest of the episode. I mean, yeah. This is my new favorite show. I'm loving Uh, it. Okay, so (laughs) I guess we should clarify that we're watching the English dub of this, but I have watched it in Japanese, and I do think that's really Mm -hmm. fun, too, if you want to flip between them just to hear the differences on the line delivery, because they're very different. Like, Wolverine's voice Mm -hmm. in Japanese is, like crazy and it, it doesn't come across through Stephen Bloom's performance right because Steve Bloom has of course returned as Wolverine and as, as soon as he talked I was like oh my god they got Steve Bloom back they also got uh, Beast back yep. the guy that played Beast and Wolverine in the X-Men which was nice I thought Scott was the same too but it's not which is pretty impressive it's not it's a guy who's doing 
a slightly different version of, you know, Scott's same old uh, Boy Scout voice. Yeah. I thought he was good, too. I liked him. And it's Jennifer Hale as Jean, right? Right. So I lost my train of thought. Okay, so in the Japanese version, the way that Wolverine's lines are developed are very Naga the Serpenty in the, the, the Japanese version where he's what? yeah it's like he's like well Scott you're just a dumbass <laughs> that's hilarious. like but I'm the Wolverine and I'm just really great is kind of like what they because if you watch the Japanese version it's like it's kind of a different show because it's got totally different dialogue at times huh that's really neat. Yeah. I mean, that's part of what I was sort of theorizing before, where it's like this version, the dubbed version, is designed to appeal to pre-existing X-Men fans who are used to Steve Bloom and Fred Taskitor and you know what I mean? It, whereas the Japanese version is like maybe trying to en- enlist some new Japanese fans and including some some anime tropes that they can recognize, you know? Yeah. It's actually really interesting because all these other animes we just sat here and listed, really, they are just trying to appeal to an audience. But this is a pre-established audience that is Western. Mm-hmm. And so it's got to sell it to them and also to Japan. That's cool. Yeah. Because it's like, it's kind of like two different shows. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, I did want to say before we hop in that you were talking about the other shows that there were, they actually made a couple other movies. There was Iron Man Rise of the Technivore, which was a straight to release anime iron man movie and also avengers uh confidential black widow and punisher which i saw that pretty fun it didn't make a lot of sense because why are we putting those two characters together is just a strange premise in general Uh uh-huh but why not But there's been some other anime projects like marvel disc wars and marvel future avengers i think one of them is on disney plus now Mm -hmm. one of them is like Yu-Gi-Oh, but they like throw out Marvel characters. That makes sense. <laughs> Why not? It's an ensemble action show. So sure. Yeah. And then the other one's just like an anime version of the Marvel universe. So I don't know. I, they've been dabbling with this for a while. I, I feel like if we could procure the disc, I think it's disc wars. I think that's the one that is the one where they're like Yu-Gi-Oh cards or maybe it's future Avengers. I fucking don't know, <laughs> but we should watch it. Cause I know there's some X-Men ones and they, at some point, like somebody throws out like Magneto and they're like, Oh, who are we going to have fight Magneto? And Magneto's just like screaming in <laughs> Japanese in the background. <laughs> it's Sounds like awesome. really fun. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be nice. Um, I don't know, Maddie, how do you feel about hopping into a new world? That's not the OG three X-Men shows. I mean, I, I'm really enjoying it, but I also can tell there's a very clear influence from the OG X-Men shows Yeah, as we're watching this. And there's even parts of this pilot that reminded me of Wolverine and the X-Men because it has a similar premise where Jean is dead slash missing. Yeah. And there was a mysterious explosion, except in this show, the pilot makes it clear from the very beginning that the Hellfire Club was responsible for it. Emma was involved. Okay. Jean turned into the Phoenix. Scott <laughs> screams Emma Frost and is like, do they know each other? I think so. <laughs> I mean, I think they must because how else would he know her name? So he recognizes her. Okay, I guess this is a good time to actually start this because this this opening is pretty fucking sick, honestly. It just, it's pretty awesome. Out of the gate, it's pretty Jean awesome. Grey is like <laughs> On destroying fire the planet. And Scott is anime style pulling up like an Akita here where he's just like, 
Gene! Yeah. Gene! And like the end of the shot gets further and further <laughs> away each time. He screams Gene roughly 6,000 times. He's like standing on a cliff screaming it. The shot gets further away. He screams yep. again. The shot gets further away. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> and then we do the like extremely fast zoom in sweeping shot to Gene's half of her face and like one eye opening and she's like, I'm going to kill you. And then it like zooms out really fucking fast. <laughs> yeah, she's also wearing like a little anime necklace of the phoenix that's floating around yeah, her okay so i don't remember that from the comics she has a little pendant in this is this just a new thing that they put into this i mean i remember from demon 2 our critically <laughs> acclaimed movie yeah, our version of the phoenix <laughs> where gene gray wears the phoenix in the, in the astral plane and then randomly it appears in the fucking real world <laughs> i mean this is the part that reminds me of sailor moon a little bit and many other uh anime yeah. of, uh that were from before this time period where the character their power is somehow related to a piece of jewelry and it's like not really fully explained why that is it's just there but it's just there so she's just wearing this pendant with this red gem should we try to explain visually what we're looking at she's she's in the air (laughs) in this like massive dilapidated like everything's covered in rocks she's throwing rocks at the few x-men who are on this show who are scott logan beast and storm and that's it and professor x is away he's back at the mansion and he's like on his communicator but he's not physically there well he's on cerebro right yeah they changed cerebro a lot we can get to that okay (laughs) but yeah um so those are the only characters uh other than the hellfire club who they're gonna call the inner circle it's also really funny because like scott's just screaming and storm beast and wolverine are just standing there yeah and they're like uh this is kind of fucked up no (laughs) so Scott is like screaming at Jean to fight it. Meanwhile, she's already like exploded into flames. So it's really too late. Okay. Did you love how Cyclops screams, Jean, I know you're in there. And Jean just looks at him and like tears his clothes off. Yes. I thought that was pretty fun. I was like, damn. She's like disintegrating his clothes. This I, is the this first part... 30 seconds of this TV show. I know. This is. And I I, I liked it though. Because I was like, you know I what? I did too. This is I pretty thought fun. it was a good opener. Yeah. And he was much more interesting than any of the other other openings that we've seen for X-Men TV shows because it was like right in the middle of it which honestly yeah. that's the best way, Great way to, to start. start anything yeah. is just in the middle never start from the beginning yep. it doesn't work well and it's like this is in the middle of something that's already unfolded too so then we have to kind of put it together later like in one line scott refers to mastermind and is like this is just the doing of mastermind but they don't tell you who mastermind is or what he did or anything at all there's a lot of dialogue in this usually we kind of go over every line when we're doing these recaps but there's so much dialogue in this show that i feel like i don't don't think it's like that important it's not like we're reading somebody do a political speech here this time so it's kind of fine that we can skip over and just do the anime reenactments which is fine by me yeah so beast is sort of beast who looks like a sexy furry version of beast um is like calling xavier on his communicator which is like a full tablet in this they do have the wristwatch communicators later in the episode but beast has this like fucking tablet that he's calling xavier on and he's like there's nothing more we can do gene's no longer in control and xavier's like she's not responding to my telepathic calls so xavier is back at the mansion very dramatic lighting Looks like he's in Akira or some shit. And he's like covered in wires and he's got like the Cerebro helmet on. 
Um, and he's like, there's something terribly wrong. It must be the inner circle. They've done something to her. And the only other really important line here is Logan saying, Jean's an omega level mutant. If she goes supernova, we're all dead. And Scott just screams no a thousand more times. And Gene burns off his clothes. So as they're having this conversation, Scott and Gene floating in the air, uh, they're also having like a simultaneous sort of astral plane version of the conversation where Gene is wearing like a sexy off the shoulder dress yeah. instead of the Phoenix outfit for some reason. And she's like crying and being like, Scott, it's pretty I'm funny. So sorry. I don't know. I th- it, it was is. like, they I mean, go into like a full Final Fantasy <laughs> sequence here where it's they just, really do. I, like they're, they're floating around. And I was like, mm-hmm. where are we? <laughs> I was like, I think we're in our brain. Also, Scott is like naked. And I was just like, wow, this is extremely horny in the way that the X-Men <laughs> often is. And especially the Phoenix where the Phoenix is sort of like this ultimate feminine power, but is also like horny. Yeah, <laughs> which is always fun to watch. <laughs> you know, yeah. she's a dominatrix, baby. I also love that this show is doing the Dark Phoenix thing way better than Wolverine and the X Men did already. I know. I was like watching it. I was like, wow, we spent the entire twenty six episodes of Wolverine and the X Men trying to figure out what the fuck was happening because it was so confusing. And this show managed to just do it. Just did it instantly, and like, yeah. gets the groundwork in like thirty seconds in. And they're like, this is mm-hmm. what we're doing. I'm like, I. it's to the point where I don't understand why the other show had such fucking challenges with this, because this is so much easier to follow already. Already. I know. One of her lines, she says, I'm hanging by a thread. I can feel it taking over. Part of me even likes it, which I feel like combined with the sexuality of this scene is really interesting. Yeah. Like, that's another thing where it's like they're establishing this very quickly jeans titties are out well but scott's titties are out everyone's titties are out <laughs> like, in, in, in a moment we're to see that emma's titties are also out in the background yes this is this is precisely when emma shows up like fading into the background which is a very cool weird shot yeah it's very where it's just like who's this random woman and scott gasps and is like Emma Frost, what the hell are you doing to Jean? And then Emma, whose tits are also huge, just fades away in the background. <laughs> but her tits stay. <laughs> but her tits stay for a second, and then they fade away. Um, and then Jean explodes into a bunch of white light particles, and Scott screams that he loves her. And Storm is just the background like, what's happening right now? <laughs> Which is very funny. It is and very Aurora funny. is like the character most often in this episode is like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> It's a nice. Um, I can relate to that. Uh, also, did you love that little shot, that classic anime shot where Jean cries one tear and it bounces off her necklace? Yes. I was like, damn. Yes. <laughs> it, there's so many shots of half of someone's face, too. Like, there's so many classics, or like something suddenly zooming out and you see them in like a T pose looking like Jesus or whatever. There's a lot of that, too. Oh, yeah, that is in here. No X's, though. Yeah. Well,. There's some exes later on. We still got the ex doors in the mansion. There's some things they kept. That is true. So then Jean cries and says she loves him and then explodes into orange fire and then that's it. And then it like cuts away and comes back for a second. It fades back in and the world's like been destroyed. Has it though? Because it's really just this one junkyard that Scott lives in. No, I I don't know where the fuck they are. And now Scott's just <laughs> crying and he's naked. He's naked and crying, yep. holding the Phoenix necklace and everyone's just standing there looking at him, which is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> this Scott- there's like a quick shot of like mastermind in the background like laughing being like this is stupid i was like who the fuck is that 
that it was just like everyone crying and then somebody okay this is the sequence it's like scott is crying naked on the ground then we get the anime shot of him on a cliff screaming howling gene's name into the sky where it's like where's this cliff from how did he get up onto <laughs> I don't it no and then in the background of that we hear like <laughs> and i was like who the hell is that <laughs> and then we, we see like the bottom half of mastermind's face laughing i assume it's mastermind i actually don't know i think know. it might be sublime because he's the main villain in this oh, but like okay. i don't know sure so then we have this crazy opening it's credits situation which is everything you would expect out of an anime opening credits we get the moon there's like cherry yep. blossoms yeah but it's like characters standing there dramatically while like the camera slides over them gene holding her necklace while wind blows through her hair oh, <laughs> the necklace is playing such a huge role in the show <laughs> considering that i'm like i don't know what that is there's like a shot of just the necklace like yep. slow pan over I, I think <laughs> is sublime the villain who has the like eyeglass or whatever who was that guy I was like, this is kind of fun in the way that an anime is where they show you a bunch of characters and you're like, I don't know who the fuck that is. I guess I'll find out later. Like, you know, the classic anime opening credits where you're like, is that the villain? Yeah, but you know what, though? <laughs> I do really enjoy that about the show. And yes, that that is him. Uh, the guy with the eyeglass. Yeah. The kind of like, he kind of looks like an evil cable. Yeah. Or somebody yeah. from like Helsing. He really looks like the dude from Helsing with the monocle i don't remember yeah 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 it's a monocle i guess i i don't know what to call it yeah it's, it's basically a weird monocle that's like super thick yeah and so like he is sort of the main villain in this um okay and he's played by troy baker right i think so which is crazy yeah yeah so i mean like i don't was he in the opening credit sequence i don't remember i mean i i wrote down who's this guy with the eyeglass so yeah i think he was <laughs> okay so <laughs> But you know what, though? Something I love about anime is that they will introduce characters like that. Like, we saw Emma for a second in the background. Yep. We see this dude's face, and we're like, who yeah. the fuck is that guy? I love that, though. Right. That's the shit I wish Wolverine and the X-Men had done. Because it builds up this whole curiosity. Like, if they had the Hellfire Club yes. hanging out. Early. Like, if they had them so early on, and had you keep being like, wait, who the fuck are they? Who the they? fuck is that? That leaves you curious, as opposed to what the show did instead, which was... <laughs> I don't even know. We don't need to keep obsessing about it. I don't know, 25 episodes in, they were like, by the way, the main villains of the show are here, and it's no one you thought because we didn't take time to introduce them at all. The other thing about this show that works really well is that there just aren't very many characters. No. That's it. Like, this is going to be it, pretty much. And, like, that's great. I already understand who everyone is. They do a great job introducing Beast. We haven't even gotten to that yet, but, like, we're going to. (laughs) Like, everybody... Everybody gets an intro- a full introduction of who they are, where they get to look like a fucking badass. Well, except Scott, who looks like a huge loser, but that's perfect, too. So <laughs> all of it is great. It works. It works. So we go back to... Yeah, we get Xavier's introduction first. We so... don't. We do not need to... This is okay, like... Okay, I transcribed this monologue, and I have nothing but regrets. I don't know why. I stopped transcribing it after this, because I was like, this is the longest monologue I've ever heard in my life. Why am ever. I writing it down? Also, it's like, it's not giving you any information that's new to us, because we're no. long-time X-Men fans. It's all completely the same as everything we've heard He's before. monologuing about the X-Men, and how he wishes there was a He's world... like, the X-Men used to be around, and I had a mansion, and I helped everybody. I still live in the mansion. Yeah, he lives in the mansion completely alone now, which is really creepy, but I liked it. I thought that was fun. Like, seeing all these shots as he's delivering this monologue of Xavier alone in, like, a dark mansion, wheeling around like a fucking weirdo and, like, looking at Gene's grave outside and being like... 
yeah, Gene's dead and nobody's here anymore. And it's like, wow, okay, we're starting off with this shit. I liked it. I liked it. It was very moody and creepy. And then Xavier falls asleep. Not that we necessarily know that, but he falls asleep while sitting in front of Gene's grave and has a really creepy nightmare. Okay, we don't even know what this this nightmare is. Yeah, it just starts the nightmare. We don't we don't know what we're looking at at first. And then later he wakes up from it and we're like, "Oh." I'm assuming we're going to revisit this later. Yeah, because he says it's a nightmare he's had before when he wakes up. He's like, "Oh, the same dream again." It's like him I don't know where he is, but he's surrounded by children that are just sobbing. I think he's in the mansion. He's in a version of the mansion that's like terrifying looking and like everything's orange, which made me think of the Phoenix. But I was like, is this mastermind doing this to him? Like I didn't, I was just kind of trying to put things together here. So all the children are crying, which is creepy. Well, I know because this is what, no matter what an anime is, whether it's like serious or funny, they always have these moments about this because this is part of like Japanese culture and their religions and spirituality. Cause this is like what they all, they, they're so into ghosts shit like nobody's business but okay it's why japanese horror is fucking epic because it's like we've really thought about how scary this is and we're gonna make some of the scariest horror horror shit you can possibly imagine good um so anyway xavier is rolling around where these children are sobbing and you the viewer are like what the fuck is going on (laughs) and xavier is like Come here, children. You're not, don't be scared. Don't worry. Whatever happened in the past, no one's going to hurt you here. So I think all these children are like mutants he's taken in. Yeah, like you kind of pick that up from the context. Yeah. And then he sees this other little blonde boy. This like one other child creepily crying in the corner. Facing away, like Blair Witch style, facing the fucking corner, like facing away and you can't see his face and he keeps walking further and further away and Xavier starts reeling after him and he's like I can't read your thoughts who are you and then as he's reaching towards the child it's like the more he reaches the further away the child is it's very cool the animation here yeah and then he wakes up suddenly and he's like the same dream okay wait I love that he wakes up though and it's snowing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's such snowing anime outside. shit where it's like yeah. he falls asleep, wakes up. It's now snowing outside. Yeah, just it's like, to like why is it snowing? Okay, sure. Because it's the spirits. Yeah. It's the spirits that are making it snow. You know, I fucking love anime. They like I just it's the art <laughs> of it makes so much more fucking sense sometimes than some of our shit. So it's great because it's like visual language giving you a feeling. You know? I mean, this is why you love Metroid. You don't need the dialogue. You just have the visual language. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Metroid's fucking good. Metroid has almost no dialogue. It's all just environmental storytelling. Yeah. You love to see it. Oh, yeah. Then this this grave, by the way, says, Jean Grey, she will rise again, which makes me think of, like, has this happened before? <laughs> what? Okay, I didn't even notice that the grave said oh, that. That's insane. That. I don't know what it said in Japanese, because they must have changed that for the... Well, uh, I don't know. They might have kept something similar there, where it's, like, implying she's going to come back that's crazy why did they write that <laughs> okay well, i don't know kind of creepy anyway so we go to japan and we see hisako ichiki running through the snow yes it's armor that's her superhero name yeah she's being chased by a robot or, or i think it's a sentinel the u-men oh that's right it's the u-men okay well we don't know that yet we don't know that yet but i looked it up because whatever it's wikipedia fine. exists yeah <laughs> Yeah. That thing like shoots her with a fucking dart. Yeah. So it shoots her with a syringe. It's too bad that she doesn't have control of her powers yet because oh, I feel like she could have. Did you notice how interesting it was? Okay. So armor in the comic books, it's like this 
full bubble body like energy that surrounds her mm-hmm. but in the end this japanese one they do this whole like ghost thing around her where it's like pointed at the top of her yeah so it's really fucking cool like it's a very different style but i really dig it a lot yeah it's, it's basically just like a different armor design i i hadn't read it as like a ghost i thought it was supposed to be more like traditional samurai armor where she has the like pointed helmet on okay well that's still ghostly samurai whatever that's true that's true it's a very cool look but it's also like rainbow pink her armor is freaking adorable because it's rainbow pink it's really cool i like her you know it's also really (laughs) fucking cool here these human are terrifying looking. They're so scary. They're these over-animated, janky robot, robot things guys? that have these creepy-ass faces and like kind of like yeah. teeth that are like robotic. I, Dude, <laughs> I'm kind of loving that I'm going to get, for at least the next eight episodes, like a horror X-Men TV show. Yeah, like We are in is, Ryan Pagella territory right now. <laughs> adult show. Like this show isn't for kids and it's not even trying to be. Like we are finally watching a show that's like, no, it's just going to be dark as fuck. Like people are yeah, going to die. You know die. what? This is why. <laughs> people are going to have sex. They're going to die. This is why we ended up watching anime when we were kids because it was like, yes. we didn't have adult cartoons in America yet. We had like fucking like Simpsons, Family Guy, whatever. Yeah, but I mean, that was like the very beginning i mean now we're kind of entering the era of like venture brothers and like yeah you know, what but else? like before that we would be like oh this shit's so dark like that's why we liked trigon or cowboy bebop it was like a very serious cartoon and i, I don't know it took a it took america a long time to realize yeah, that like they having could, an animation honestly, we still, we're still mostly comedy we still produce largely adult comedies that can be mm-hmm. kind of dark, but we aren't doing like this horror shit that anime has just really gotten down. And I don't think we want to. I think we're just like, yeah, we'll just pay Japan to make more of this shit and then sell it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the human kidnap armor. Yeah. That's all. That's kind of all we see there, but that's all we need to see. There's no dialogue in that scene. And then we go back to the mansion. Okay, wait, hold on. <laughs> we have like a three fucking minute X-Men Professor Xavier doing like computer work for like three full minutes it's like different shots of him like typing on computers and touching screens and it's like oh i even have a note here where i just go my note here says i kind of love anime i think that's my whole take on the entire scene so i mean the first moment is xavier getting a phone call about the fact that hisako is kidnapped And her parents are calling him because her dad knows Xavier for some fucking reason. I don't even think they bother explaining that. It's fine. I I, I like how the anime just glazes over this. Like, you know what? Yeah, it's just like, don't worry about it. Um, And then Cerebro is depicted as like 16 computers, which I don't know why that's what it is. It's not the big round room. It's just a bunch of fucking computers in a room. It showed the big rad room earlier. It did show that when he was talking to Scott during the whole Gene Grey goes dark Phoenix thing. I didn't think it looked the same. I think this is just his like computer montage. So I don't know. <laughs> but when he goes in, it, the computers say Cerebro on them. So I was like, is this Cerebro? Like, it's like, I don't, I don't really know the answer to that. You know, he's got to have his hackers moment, which by the way, now I want to watch hackers. So uh, yeah, <laughs> get some fucking prodigy. Hackers. Oh my God. Take prodigy and put that over this scene and it would be incredible. <laughs> I mean, smack my bitch up plus Xavier is fun no matter what. Um, I was like a fire starter, but okay. <laughs> so he basically boots up 60 computers just to send an email to the X-Men and all of them get it on their little wristwatches. But we need to 
do uh, the Aurora Monroe intro scene next, which is absolutely delightful. Love it. This is like, this is actually a way to historically place when this show came out in which we were, Mm -hmm. I mean, it still happens now, but there was a period of time where like people were like surprised that pirate ships could exist in In the modern day. yeah. Yeah. And so that's what it is. It's a modern pirate ship showing up to a cruise. Yeah, with fucking submachine guns shooting up a, a cruise full of tourists who are screaming and they're like, we're all going to fucking die. This, but this is what was happening in the world at the time. It was like a huge deal. Like, do you remember yep. when this was happening? Absolutely. Like yeah, nonstop. Yeah, yeah. And not to say that it doesn't happen now because it does, but this is when it was like in the news for like a full like year. It was an epidemic where there yeah. were a lot of pirates who were killing people. I mean, there were movies about it. It's like when everybody was scared of anthrax so people were afraid to open the mail then people got really afraid to go on cruises which i guess that's fair you don't want somebody to like fucking well it's like you see a crime happen in one place and you're like that could happen anywhere and like sure i guess well i mean it kept happening (laughs) so it was like yeah i mean i think at a certain point people realized pirates realized would-be pirates realized that cruises were completely unprotected and they were like wow a lot of rich people are in one place yeah. like at some point somebody figured that cruises out cruises do not have, well i think they have security now but at the time they, they do did not. now yeah <laughs> like, i mean i feel like this became a solved problem because at a certain point cruises were like okay we need to actually find a way to defend against this so yeah. i don't think it's an issue anymore but during this time period cruises were basically just sitting ducks like yeah. it was just a bunch of rich people on a cruise anyway so that's a time period and is. so the the tourists are all like everyone's gonna die that's what always happens like it's really intense and then so luckily aurora monroe storm herself is here wearing an absolutely beautiful sundress and sun hat and she just goes excuse me everyone i've got this she looks fucking adorable (laughs) she shoots lightning out of her eyeballs and then like turns the entire pirate ship into an iceberg wait there is an explosion i don't know (laughs) what that explosion even is i don't either i love how there's multiple moments in this show where you just hear like high speed winds and you don't even see what storm is doing but then like there's just a fucking iceberg in the background and she's like yeah so anyway, they're all frozen forever and dead now. They're all dead. <laughs> Just walked over. And she has like a line. She's like, you don't you can't get, get between a girl and her cruise. Yeah. <laughs> and this like, version oh of Storm God. is like really I loved fun. It. And such a badass. So much better than like, I, we haven't seen this powered up Storm since X-Men the Animated Series. We haven't. And so, I loved it. I was like, and I think, okay, so people have... Um, criticized this show for st- having Storm not do enough. They so- felt like she's underpowered. Oh my god, really? Well, I mean, <laughs> those people need to check out X Men Evolution and Wolverine and the X Men yeah. because holy fuck or literally any of the x-men movies like i'm sure you're right i'm sure she doesn't get to do enough yeah but oh my god i i i mean i understand that those people will probably have their fair complaints and as we watch the rest of the show i probably will be disappointed because storm is often undervalued in these adaptations so i'm sure i'll end up agreeing it's just this pilot is such a breath of fresh air compared to what we've been watching yeah you know i think the argument has been that she's underpowered but they they couldn't figure out how to write it so she i mean it's the problem that that people keep having with her which for some reason the animated series just didn't have they're like um we don't know what to do because like all situations could literally just be resolved by a storm yeah i don't know turning a fucking pirate ship into an iceberg like that is (laughs) you know yeah uh anyway by the way the next shot is scott still crying still in the place that gene died yeah, okay, so he 
He literally has just been hanging out in this junkyard for a full fucking year. He's staring at that fucking necklace, hanging off a little thing. He's ignoring the call from Xavier. Okay, so he made a grave for her. So there's like multiple graves for Jean Grey in this. There's like the one that Xavier made, <laughs> and then there's like, this one. Jean's dead. Nobody has her body, so it's like That's I don't ominous. know. You can put a grave wherever you want, I guess. Um, so he made a little cross in the ground, uh, and he's hanging the pendant on it. Yeah. And, and he's, he's going through a, a haunt right now. The Blair Witch symbols are hanging everywhere. And like <laughs> the, she's coming to capture kind him of, a little bit. It's creepy. Like when, whenever we see Scott, everything is gray and creepy looking. Oh, so it's worth noting. The reason why we're seeing each of these characters is because Storm's communicator goes off because she gets Professor X's text message. That's like, hey, come back to the mansion. There's also no mutant metaphor here because Storm on that boat and they're all like thanks storm yeah. you're one of the expert and then it's gonna cut to beast teaching at college where the kids are like not <laughs> mocking him for being a mutant they're just mocking him for being a nerd they're mocking for being a nerd <laughs> this whole sequence was like insane and also very anime so like hank is teaching a college class he's fully blue he's fully blue he's a mutant yeah he's holding something that looks like a fucking butt plug and <laughs> microphone and in the background he has a squid in a huge tank of water okay so this is where i was like this is anime because they fucking japan loves squids and jellyfish that's their deal well hey i mean they're an island nation so there's like a squid in here and beast is like what if i could design something that could help you translate a squid talking to you and the kids are just laughing they're like what the fuck is this class yeah, they're like that's fucking stupid and then like beast gets the call he's like anyway i gotta go you guys all stay here and the squid's gonna teach the class and like they're just laughing. The squid has a fucking British accent when it starts talking, which made me laugh. I was like, "Why is the squid British?" <laughs> because like fucking this. And for some people, everyone's like, oh, "It's real." I'm like, "Dude, it could literally just be Hank putting a pre-recorded sound in there and like pretending like he could have just recorded this himself." Okay, but it's Hank, so it's not. It's definitely Hank figured out how to make this squid super intelligent, and then just threw a microphone in the tank and was like. I gotta go. Yeah, this like, fucking sentient. This squid is going to teach the entire rest of his class because <laughs> Hank is about to go to Japan. Like, I was like, who's gonna take care of the squid? I was like, seriously thinking about that. Okay, wait. And then this next scene is also insane where it's like, we hear, we're at an airport and we hear Logan screaming. Yep. He's going through a metal detector and it pans over. Logan's naked. And I'm like, this yep. show so horny <laughs> okay well first they have to throw in the gate x23 i heard that reference. and i was like wow yeah <laughs> which was kind of funny but so logan this is like the moment when logan goes through the tsa which we've already seen at the end of the the wolverine movie where he is trying to he's just taking off all of his clothes and he's like listen <laughs> i don't have any metal on me i have metal in me they're like bend over and open your asshole so he can make sure that there's no metal like empty out your asshole please and he's and like, like no, of course Listen, bitch. he's talking to a tsa agent who is like a tiny blonde woman which like this would never happen they would bring out a man to do this job but they're just trying to emphasize like the absurdity of it so they have this like diminutive woman being like excuse me sir empty your pockets please do you think this is like commentary from japan about our fucked up shit 
I don't know. I feel like it's it's mostly just like a funny joke about the fact that Logan is full of metal and like putting him through the metal detector is always going to result in a comedy scene. Like it's Logan. That's true. That's true. I also love how he's like, you know what? Fine. And he's like naked and then she sees his claws. He's like, this is why it's metal. And the girl's like screaming. I'm like, Logan, you didn't yeah, need like, to. Yeah, like everyone in the background is like, uh, what the why fuck? Is and Logan is like, here? listen, I just have knives in my hands. Let me on the plane. And she's like, okay, I can't let you on the plane with a bunch of knives in your hands. Like, what? And then, like, Logan hears his communicator beeping and he's like, you're in luck. I'm going to New York anyways. And she's like, well, good, because I wasn't going to let you on the plane. Like, what? Okay, wait. There's, like, no way that they didn't fucking call the cops and they were just, like, yes. let him leave after that shit. Like, okay, it's also, like, how did Logan think he was going to get on the plane? Okay, also, Logan, it's not that hard. You can literally just walk through and be like, hey, there's metal in my body. It's going to sit off the... Okay, so I have friends that have metal plates in their bodies from, like, different accidents. Yeah. And they have to go through these scanners. Then they always say, hey, I have a metal plate, Just like, do a pat in down. my shoulder, whatever. <laughs> like, it, it, this is a thing that happens, so... And, like, again, the solution is to just do a pat down. But, no, Logan takes off all of his clothes <laughs> and then pops his claws. And he's like, let me on the plane. And then he's, like, confused that he's getting kicked out of the airport. Okay, wait. And this whole next sequence is funny. also hilarious because it's, like one by one xavier's sitting <laughs> on his massive front porch of the mansion and yep. like each character has to make a dramatic entrance yeah. so like aurora arrives first kisses him on the cheek she like lands in a fucking tornado she's like sup <laughs> like this fucking tornado descends from the sky and lands in front of xavier she's like hi <laughs> And then Logan fucking pulls up on his motorcycle and he's like, I was on my way to Madripoor and I didn't want to be here. Oh, do you love that they dropped that? Yes. And then Beast. I don't even know what's happening here. Beast shows up in a 1920s automobile. Don't know. Where With a tuxedo on. Why? He, Why? he wasn't wearing a tuxedo in the previous scene, but now he's wearing a full tux. Like, what is going on? It was like, I was laughing. I was laughing so hard at that scene because I was like, this scene is so much. It. And then Storm's like, so where's Scott? And Xavier's like, he's not ready to return to us again. And then <laughs> shits back back to Scott. It's like now his hair is changed again. He's still crying over the fucking necklace. Yeah, like his hair's even longer now. And it's like, Jesus Christ, dude. Get a therapist. It's like literally, how is he getting food? A year has gone by and he's just I mean, like Logan shows up at one point, he's like, dude. What are you even doing? <laughs> I know that seems incredible. Um, so it does kind of remind me of Wolverine and the X Men, though. It does. Where like Scott is in that shitty apartment by himself, and like he's got the five o'clock shadow. I th is this where he's got the Yagami hair? I think this is where he's got yeah, it. Yeah, he's got that hair. Okay, he looks great. He's drinking a cup of coffee, which I only say because it's steaming. But I at first was like, is that whiskey? Like, is Scott okay? No, it's absolutely <laughs> I not mean, there okay. There could be whiskey in the coffee. That is a thing. That's <laughs> what I assume. It's what I assume. So. So then we go back to the mansion and Xavier gives a little exposition dump about Hisako Ichiki and how she went missing. And he like gives detailed information about precisely what part of Japan she lives in. I wrote it all down. And then I was like, why did I write that down? <laughs> um, this, yeah, then, you can't write things down on this show. It's not going to be that important. I know, it's not important. <laughs> and so Aurora is the one who's like actually concerned about the welfare of this girl. And she's like, so is this girl a mutant? 
And Charles is like, yes, she only exhibited her powers one time when she was very young, which is interesting because it means that Charles doesn't know that she's exhibited her powers again recently. And that's actually explained later. But do you think this is the reason why her dad knows Xavier is because this had already happened once before when she was younger? I think so. And then also Xavier says uh, the mutant gene runs in her family, even though her parents don't have it. So I'm guessing some other relative of hers is a mutant, which I liked too. I mean, that's just like good storytelling to like have that be subtle. I was going to say, I was just about to say, I'm like, why? Like the anime just has managed, like does Japan just know how to tell a story better than we I do? Mean, is that what I'm I don't hearing? know. Like, I guess we should say Warren Ellis worked on the show as well. I mean, even though I'm not a big fan of his at this point, but it's not just him. There's other, there's other people who worked on the show that have worked on like a lot of other anime. So I was like, okay, a lot of people worked on this show who have made a lot of television before. So they really know what they're doing. Yeah. Which is nice. Look, doesn't Logan like start making fun of Xavier for some reason? I don't know why yes, he's doing he that. Yes, he does. So like Xavier says that there's been a certain of anti-mutant activity in the area but that he can't find anything on Cerebro and Logan goes big deal so your gizmo's got a worn out doohickey or something and you ain't getting any younger Charlie <laughs> and, okay, and Storm is like shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up, up Logan <laughs> And Logan is like, God, why is everybody so annoyed today? And Charles just laughs, which I actually kind of liked. But Charles was just like, fucking Logan. I mean, so far, I don't know if Xavier's going to get worse or not. I don't remember. But uh, so far, he's tolerable. I didn't I didn't hate him so, so far. And so then Beast is like, Professor, are you suggesting we should go to Japan ourselves and look into the matter? And Charles is basically like, yeah, pretty much. I don't see another way to solve this. And Aurora's like, but what about Scott? Which did kind of annoy me, but it's fine. Somebody has to say that. Yeah, well, Storm's like, we aren't the X-Men unless Cyclops is here leading it. And I was like, Jesus Christ, he's not that good of a leader. (laughs) Storm, you lead the team. You're more powerful than he is anyway. Why is this even a question? For some fucking reason. Okay, so then Logan and Aurora go to Scott's junkyard. And this is Logan's line. He just goes, unbelievable. Don't tell me you've been hanging out here this whole time. Where do you take a dump? And I just like, <laughs> laughed really hard at that. I was like, damn, Logan. Logan Look, first of all, like, Logan, you live in no the woods. You shit in the woods all the time. at all. He's just like, so we're just set up a bathroom for yourself because this is just a pile of trash. Like, what's... <laughs> Scott, like, we never see Scott's answer to this question. Scott is just, like, turning around, like, buried under a layer of oil in his hair, and he's just like, oh, hey, guys. He is dirty. He, like, he hasn't showered in a long time. Like, Scott Summers, when he gets depressed, he's like, I'm just never going to shower shower. again. I'm going to sit outside in a junkyard and stare at a necklace and cry at it for a year straight. Like, the necklace is here again, by the way. It's been here the whole time. They no, I know. I'm just pointing out that we still have the necklace here. I don't know why the necklace is a big part of the show, but it is. Uh, yeah. It is. So we go back to the X-Mansion real quick, and Beast is like, there's nothing wrong with Cerebro that I can find. And Xavier's like talking about how only Tohoku, which is which is where armor is from, is blank on Cerebro. So, of course, the U-Men are doing something to make it so that he can't sense anything. Which Beast suggests. And then Beast is like, well, I guess we'll find out when we get to Japan. By the way, was it wise to send Logan to fetch Scott, considering their rather bumpy history? And Charles is like, well, Roro's there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like, okay. Wait. 
I don't even this whole the next scene. I didn't write any of this down because it's like I don't know how important it is, but Cyclops is basically like, I don't wanna go. And Storm is trying to like be sympathetic and reason with Scott and yes. he's like, you know, I know that you're hurting right now, but being around friends was really good for you. And also there's a girl out there who really needs our help. Mm-hmm. Like you like and you Logan... have to put your shit aside. And Logan decides to do like what he does in Wolverine in the X Men where he suddenly walks up to Cyclops, is like, Cyclops, you're fucking stupid. Look at your stupid <laughs> eyes. Like he's just like going off. This goes on for like a full five minutes of Logan just being like, Scott's so dumb. He like can't even do like two plus two, which is five. Yeah, you know, and he's like, like, if Jean Grey saw you, she'd probably explode into the Phoenix again and die from how angry she is at what a little bitch you're being right now. <laughs> yeah, he literally says that. And I was like, damn, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> Cyclops like tries to kill him because that he's was like so an insane mad. thing for Logan to say. He's like, yo, if your wife was still alive, she'd see you like this. I'm like, damn, you're so ugly. I just kill myself again and i was like logan what i was like why is he being such a dick is my question so they start physically fighting okay and then it gets gay it's like it so gay they I would start say like it's gay the whole time i would say it's gay from the get-go yeah, honestly this is like a weird like homoerotic scene between logan and scott absolutely it's it's very much a dick measuring contest where like scott uh, shoots Logan with his eye beams and then Logan lands back on the ground and he's like, what did I do? Hit a nerve. You know, that might've stung a little bit if not for my healing factor, which I need to introduce the audience to. <laughs> <laughs> and Scott is like, you want to feel real pain? Say your name again. And Logan immediately goes, Gene, which is like <laughs> so babyish. And Storm just screams, that's enough. And we kind of hear this high powered wind, which I took to mean that she's like stopping both of them in their tracks. Yeah. And she turns to Logan and she's like, why do you have to be such a guy and pretend you don't care? Is it that hard to admit that you've been as worried about him as the rest of us? And then to Scott, she says, please, we have to find her. She's out there somewhere all alone. If we don't find this girl, nobody will. There's still people who need you, Scott. The X-Men need you. You know that's what Jean would have wanted. Which I like these lines from her. That she was like the compassionate one while still being a fucking badass who's like, right. I could murder both of you, but shut the fuck up because we need to do our jobs. <laughs> I love how she's literally like, why are you such a man? Is literally her line. Yeah, I liked that too. To Logan, where she's just like, stop pretending like you don't care and have feelings because we all know that you're just putting on a front here. So I appreciate yeah. that too. Yeah. And then Scott picks up his little necklace and is like, well, I'm going to get my necklace. <laughs> and Aurora's like, well, you know where we are and we're going to be at the mansion. Okay, so they leave and Scott just Scott continues to cry. Scott stays there for another 48 hours. You know how you know crying that? Because again. they show, like, okay, they show the sun setting and then they show it rising again. So it's Scott standing there for the entire time like it's crazy i was like how many times is the sun gonna rise and fall on scott summers staring at this necklace so we get a quick flashback while he's standing there for 24 hours to gene and scott looking at the stars together this isn't really an important scene they're just like we love each other and the stars are really far away okay it suddenly just like shoots to this the flashback no like yeah i was gonna say it's more like a jrpg the music he's up it's like tifa and cloud sitting there being like i hope we don't have to fight sephiroth one day there this is this this is closer okay oh it's still okay i'm just playing final fantasy 8 music but basically you get the point that there's just like some jrpg nonsense happening they're sitting there gene's talking about the the fucking universe because obviously this phoenix is living out in space she's intergalactic power yeah so right. she's like the stars are so far away and they're dead like me <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then it cuts back and they're getting on the blackbird and Logan's yes. like 
I would recognize his scent anywhere. And I was like, that is the gayest shit I've seen in this episode so far. That yeah. Logan has memorized Scott Scott's Summer's scent. scent. Well, of course he has, but also he says it. So Scott walks in and he's like, hey, bitch. And Logan's like, well, well, if it isn't the guy who puts shoulder pads and tights back in fashion. And Scott's like, you love it. Okay, but like... <laughs> <laughs> then they kiss. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, yeah, right. I was going to say, like, he recognizes his son. And I'm just going to float out there as a gay man that's, like, very into specific kinds of, like, other men. I don't smell people unless, like, unless, like, I'm into them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, it's like, I mean, pheromones exist. That's not just a gay man thing, for what it's worth. That is the only way I can remember what somebody smells like is if I'm interested in them. I don't remember that otherwise. But Logan's remembering what Scott smells like is, like, I smelled him coming in from, like, three miles away. And I got really fucking excited about it and it was like yeah, damn and aurora was like yeah we all can he hasn't bathed in a full year and logan is like shut up this is a different thing um so then xavier's like the x-men have received a call for help and we answer every call whether from mutant or human which i don't think that's normally what the x-men do but <laughs> okay this is kind of like the dark phoenix movie where they're just the avengers yeah i mean it's again it's like you said the mutant metaphor is kind of gone but it's also kind of not because there's still anti-mutant activity from the U-Men. I mean, clearly, because somebody just shot fucking armor down and was like, we're going to experiment yeah. on this bitch is kind of a fucked up thing that's happening. So that's sort of interesting. I mean, I guess we'll kind of see how that plays out. I guess they're just like more threatened by the pirates that are taking over this version of the world. <laughs> yeah, everybody's just really worried about pirates on the high seas. Yeah. Um, so then we get one more little quip between Logan and Scott while they're flying on the jet together. Still where Logan's gay. like, are you sure you're all right? This isn't some crazy death wish, is it, psych? Because Scott's driving the the jet. Yeah. And Scott is like, the lousy way you handle that bike of yours, you're worried about my driving? And Aurora's like, I guess everything's back to normal. They're still <laughs> flirting. I was like, they what's are. going on here? Like, you guys. And then we get a very long um, closing credit sequence where the X-Men are standing in front of the moon. And... Uh, <laughs> Maddie was like, okay. I love it. You know, I sent you the screenshots because I liked them. I agree. They're good. I, okay, so right out of the gate, I love that, first of all, we can cover an entire episode with 20 minutes of us talking about other anime in under an hour. <laughs> well, because, like, part of that is because we didn't actually read every single line of dialogue because we we're just moving on. But yeah, I mean. Uh, but it's not that important. I mean, like, we don't have anything that we have to talk about that's like important to the plot that we can't just summarize in those other shows we just have like some really good lines out of the gate this is just a fun show it's just fun it's easy mm -hmm. and it's like such a breath of fresh air after all the fucking shit that was wolverine in the x-men i know it was nice to see so many things established so quickly like the cephalopod scene with beast it was yeah. fucking hilarious loved it storm killing some pirates great love it scott being extremely emo and gay with logan love it 10 out of 10 everybody's in character Beast looks adorable. Yeah. I don't know. I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying it. I, I don't know how to rate it. I guess I'll give it a five. I had a good time. Yeah. I loved it. I, mean, I, I was going to say, I don't... <laughs> I had a great time I watching guess, it. I don't even know like how we could do like a critical lens yeah, rating I on mean, it, but I agree. I'm a, it's like a five out of five for me because it was just... It was enjoyable. It's exactly what it's supposed to be. It's it's better than I expected it to be, if anything. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it, we knew it was going to have some anime bullshit going on in it because it's an anime, and we were here for that. I expected more corniness to it than there was, actually. It was more adult than I expected. Oh, my God. it's I, I already said this, but there's, like, such a degree of horror happening in this TV show that it's fucking cool. I love this shit. We're like, we, this is the stuff that I live for. Mm -hmm. I love that shit. And on top of that, it does 
storytelling so much better than Wolverine the X-Men did. Like, it, even the stuff that we don't understand yet. Like, we don't know why Emma Frost is there. We don't know who fucking giggles. We don't know who that guy Sublime was mm-hmm. that we got a shot of. But that's fun. Right. Because that's what a pilot should do. It should introduce all these things to us right away and then be like, okay, this is the whole story. Yeah. You know? Like, we've got some new shit and some stuff that already happened to these characters that traumatized them in the past. We're going to find out what happened later. And I mean, I think part of why this doesn't take as long to summarize is also because we already know this story. Like, this is based on, like, old comics. Like, this is based on, like, Chris Claremont. You know, like, this is old stuff. So we kind of know what's going to happen. But it's also just nice to see a good adaptation of it. You know? Like, it's just, it's, it's fun. That's how I feel about it, too. Great. I'm glad that there were ghost children. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope we see those ghost children again. Though, dude, those you men get creepier as they go on, so there's that. I guess we could do a quick who's gay. Oh, yeah. The X-Men Logan and Scott. I hope they end up being this gay for the entire show. I mean, Gene's not in it for the most <laughs> part, but they do bring in and Emma, I think, in the next episode. Okay, but Emma is um, not going to be flirting with Scott, I don't think. I mean, she seems like she's pretty defined as a bad guy for now. Uh, no, they still have their moments because they can't write Scott and Emma in the same room and have them not flirt because that's just who they are. Okay, but I mean, like enough. right now, it's Logan and Scott. Well, they can't write Logan and Scott in the same room and not have them flirt, apparently. That whole scene where they were fucking like yelling at each each other in the junkyard that was gay and logan <laughs> logan being like i'm really excited to smell scott that's gay too that's really gay mm-hmm. that's in fact probably gayer than anything else i mean i don't know I, I already talked about this maddie like do you recognize people's smells if you like them is that a thing that works sure. for you too yeah right like, yeah i i think it's true for everyone for what it's worth because it's like a pheromone thing yeah also like, like logan has magic scent powers so it's like i mean when does he not have in the last fucking show he had smell of vision he's gonna have that in this too so in the opening credits they introduced everybody's powers and that was that was one of logan's powers so of course they know he's got it it's it's introduced there i like how we don't get to see beast powers in this they're like he's just blue no he leaps around in that opening scene did you miss that oh yeah you're right you're right i forgot about that well i was too busy watching scott scream gene's name at least 75 (laughs) times i i mean that was actually part of why i liked the opening scene so much because i was like great we're getting to see everybody's powers like right away you know like we see beast leaping around we see logan popping his claws storm's like shooting some lightning storm's shooting around she's flying for one that's a nice change um and we see scott shooting some shit from his eyeballs and not really achieving it's much. just more dicks coming out of his eyes <laughs> like yeah, giant erections being like Beep. that happens <laughs> later on when he's mourning and he's like am i gay that's that's what happens <laughs> um, yeah scott you're still a giant gay the end uh so that's that we're gonna watch episode two next week and we're probably going to keep having a great time um do you want to do plugs yeah let's do plugs shall we we shall um so first of all before we do plugs i'm gonna say that next week we will have a who's that x-men again there's gonna be a couple in this series but not like Ooh. wolverine the x-men where i had to cover like three per episode <laughs> yeah Oh, boy. Yeah. It'll be fun. I'm glad that that period is over. <laughs> I'm actually kind of pleasantly surprised that there's a Who's That X-Men next week, but I think I can guess who it is. Yeah. Um, 
but I won't guess. Okay. It's Mr. Sinister. It is. It's not. Mr. Sinister is busy taking over the actual Marvel Universe like canonically right now. That's a whole crossover event. I want him to take over the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Maybe he will. MutantAges.com. It's our website. We've got all kinds of stuff over there. And uh, some of those things are our email address, themutantages at gmail.com. We've got a link to our Discord server if you want to join it, chat with other people about the X-Men anime or really anything else you're into. we got a voicemail inbox, 1508-319-1668. And we play those voicemails on our listener feedback episodes along with reading emails and other questions we get in the Discord server. We're on every social media, for example. And um, we also have a P.O. Box, P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. We recently got a piece of mail there about renewing the domain for (laughs) sciencing.net. We're going to frame that shit. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to frame that. Uh, But you can send us mail about just about anything you want, and uh, we'll get it there. Um, And we're also individually on social media. I'm at Mitty Myers everywhere. How about you, Ryan? I am at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and Ryan.Pagella on Instagram. I think it's just I think it's just regular Ryan Pagella on Twitch. But yeah, those are my fun places. And you can also check out the Mutant Ages, I think you said on all the social media, but we're everywhere. Facebook, yep. Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, TikTok, and on YouTube where we okay, so we do a lot of things over there where we um read the unproduced screenplays of X-Men movies over there with the rest of the cast of the Mutant Ages. Mm-hmm. And you can go watch that there and catch us doing that once a month. And we play through every X-Men video game. Sometimes we take clips from this show and match it up with the actual animation of the cartoons or movies whatever we feel like doing uh we did reference demon 2 in here which is our high school x-men parody that we made like 20 years ago we posted up there and reacted to so you can go watch that and watch maddie hand a necklace to somebody on the astral plane and then somebody has it in a physical <laughs> plane later not explained <laughs> by the way uh doesn't need to be why would it need to be explained it's a good time so go subscribe to that yeah um and we have ways that you can support the show financially we've got a store where you can buy cool mutant ages merch with the logo or with uh bishop hopping out of the bushes and saying time travel is real it is and we have a patreon where you can listen to bonus episodes of us talking about the mario brothers movie or talking about rupaul's suggestions for our drag names or any number of other things oh shit i gotta post that Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> at patreon.com slash the mutant ages and uh our highest tier patreon supporters get a shout out on the show i can't do british but i'm gonna try where i'm gonna be like You're gonna be the squid <laughs> yeah <laughs> mr cephalopod Samuel B. i can't i can't i can't do this i just read listen. it normally it's fine i forgive you well i did i managed it for when i played spike in that buffy play but <laughs> I don't know. I it's been so long. I like I'm just thinking like Samuel B, Solon B, that's Australian. <laughs> I, well the problem is that Spike has that kind of accent, yeah. but Mr. Cephalopod doesn't. He has like a hoity toity British accent. He doesn't he have does. Spike's I accent. Know. If, if Todd were here, he'd be able to nail this. So shout out to Samuel B, Soren B, and Zach S for being our top tier Patreon supporters. We appreciate you. Thank you, as always. Todd also just popped into Slack literally right now and says, I know you're recording, but I'm rooting for you. And then he stumbled away. So <laughs> Todd is excited about the anime. That's why. He is. Everyone is. I'm sorry it's not streaming any anymore. Uh, this is insane. To the listener. I don't understand. Like, I was figuring people could watch along with us this time, but they just took it down. Maybe it'll be back up. It will probably be up on soon. Disney Plus soon enough because I'm sure that's why it's not on Netflix anymore. Is that it's they're... gotta be, right? Oh, what, did, they, did they pull the other stuff from Netflix? 
Netflix? No clue. The, the old Marvel TV shows? I just I just wanted to say, because, you know, normally people can watch along with us relatively easily. It's been a while since we haven't had anything streaming. Not since the X-Men, the animated days that we, we had listeners who didn't have a place to watch it along with us. Well, we'll keep we'll keep an eye on it as we make our way through the series. Um, I own it. Yeah. If it comes back, we'll let you all know so that you can watch too. Because this is actually really fun. So I recommend it. Yeah, it's a good show. You know, you know, if they do put it somewhere where it's streaming, you'll be able to watch it in either both Japanese or English or whatever language you want to watch it in. Yeah, that, that would be a more fun way to experience it, I think. Yeah. Um, and also, by the way, if you can't financially support us, please leave us a review. Anywhere you are able to do that, uh, leave us a rating or a review or share the show with your friends and uh, encourage them to listen to our super cool X-Men show. And that's it. That's the end. We've done it again, da, 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 folks. Da, da, da. That's the end. Where's the, where's the squid? <laughs> See you next time? Did you forget that's what we say? Wait. See you next time. Is Knuckles the Echidna coming? I hope so. <laughs> Knuckles, Knuckles, where are you? I Call Katie. <laughs> I will. All right. See you next time, everybody. The